Hey listeners, this is the Spotlight on Grace podcast, where we're focusing on what's happening at Grace Church and how God's grace is making a difference in our lives. I'm your host, Burr Bolton. Tanya Marks is here co-hosting again today. Yes, good morning. And we're talking about this sermon series and idea of community and um, growing together that we're studying right now um, through Sunday morning sermons. Yeah. And then we also had someone come and talk um, kind of about this idea of community um, to the leaders this past Wednesday, and that was Nina. Yeah. So Nina came in and shared with the small group leaders um, just about the importance of how to listen and be aware of maybe what's going on in their um, group members' lives, and I thought it was too good not to share with everybody. Yes, absolutely. And kind of get it recorded, some of the things that she talked about, along with some other resources. Um, I and also a Sunday school class recently read Don't Sing Songs to a Heavy Heart by Kenneth Hulk. And um, also, I recently read What to Say When You Don't Know What to Say by mm-hmm. Norman Wright. That's good. And they were both um, just really important, good resources, I think, that help us. If we're going to be in relationship, the kind of relationship that Pastor Jason's talking about, like real mm-hmm. community, relationship, sharing life together, living life together, we're going to experience some hard times yes. um, together. And it's it's important to know how to say helpful things and encouraging things right. and not hurtful things yes. and how to listen. So I thought we'd, we'd talk yeah. about that a little bit today. Well, I read recently. Um, on a parenting article and it said you have to teach your children how to be good friends and I thought that was important but not just from a parenting perspective I think it's great for all of us to learn Mm -hmm. more about how to be a good friend and how to encourage other people and so I think that's kind of what we're going to talk about absolutely absolutely there's so many um, things that get in the way I think of real friendship um, nowadays and I don't always like throwing culture and social media under the bus. There's lots Mm -hmm. of good things that come from that. Um, But um, we spend sometimes less time interacting with people in person, unless we do it intentionally, which I think Grace Church is really good about Mm -hmm. trying to create those spaces to allow people to interact in person. Um, But even when we do come together, sometimes knowing the right thing to say, we get a little nervous about saying the right thing. And so sometimes right. we don't say anything at all, and that's not always the right answer either. Right, yes. So we'll talk about that a little bit yes. more today. So when Nina came in um, on Wednesday, um, to me, one of my favorite things that she talked about is, um, she was, again, specifically talking to small group leaders and Sunday school teachers, is just being aware and noticing people. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is so important in all of life, to take the time to slow down and look people in the eye, Mm-hmm. and acknowledge when somebody walks into a room, and just to say hello. Right. And if you know someone's name, to call them by name mm-hmm. um, is really important. I accidentally called um, David Orr the wrong name Sunday morning, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I said, hi, John, and then I caught myself, and he didn't even hear me, but I told him, I said, I just called you the wrong name. And he said, oh, it doesn't matter. I don't care. You know, I said, but it matters to me that right. you know that I know your name, just because yeah. I, I think, especially from those years of working with children, um, that shows the value that a person has to you, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's super important. But Nina talked about that. And just um, as we are interacting with our friends in regular everyday life, I thought a lot of the things she talked about were helpful. Um, if we notice that someone who's really, really talkative seems withdrawn all of a sudden, something mm-hmm. might be up and paying attention to that. Or if they're not as involved in different activities um, or maybe vice versa, maybe they've been the quiet person and they get really impulsive and a little right. excited, overexcited, you know, consistently, um, and those kinds of things. If someone's not taking care of themselves, um, those are things that we need to notice to take the time to 
kind of have a, a time out with them and say, hey, is everything going okay? Um, what's happening in life? What's been going on? You know, right. and t- kind of uh, drill down and ask some real questions. Yeah, and I loved how she put in that discussion about how it might be a conversation that you have off to the side because mm-hmm. you would never want to put someone on the spot or call them out public- publicly. Right. Um, and you offer the opportunity, hey, would you want to talk more about this? And mm-hmm. they may say no. Right. Um, but if they do, then also following up with, mm-hmm. you know, because I think so many times it's, hey, how are you? Well, I'm not doing so good. I'm sorry to hear that. But then we never follow up on right. that. And that that is a surefire way I feel like that makes people feel like it was just surface talk, mm-hmm. you know, that they didn't really care or want right. to want to know more or follow up on how right. you were really doing. Yeah. Or they start thinking, well, that person's too busy for me. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're too, um, they've got too much going on to yeah. really know. Because sometimes it takes people a minute. Some people, like, they live with their words right on the tip of their tongue mm-hmm. and everything's been processed and they're ready to just go at mm-hmm. any moment. But some people need that time and we've both seen that in various groups that we've led and groups that we've been in like sometimes you have to throw the question out there and let it sit a minute Mm -hmm. for people to process what they want to say and what do I want to say right now and is this a person I can trust and is this the right environment Mm -hmm. kind of thing so well in the other parties sometimes it's not that they don't care why they're not following up they just don't know what to say or how to say and I think in that in that meeting or that teaching session Tanya you said no one's going to be sad or mad if you just send a text that says, hey, I was thinking about right, you. Because yeah. some people get so paralyzed by, I don't know what to say or mm-hmm. how to follow up that they just don't do anything. Yes. And sometimes avoidance, um, we might kind of be jumping right now, but sometimes if you know someone's going through a hard time, um, you know, a sickness, a prolonged sickness, a job loss, a um, a relational problem or the death of someone that they love. Sometimes we don't know what to say, and so we avoid it because we don't want to say something stupid, honestly. Right. Sometimes yes. that's what yes. we're trying to avoid. Um, or we're worried that we'll hurt them by bringing it up. Mm-hmm. But to them, that's a deeper hurt because it seems like people don't care. Right, yes. You know, and as much as as much as much I don't want somebody to say something that would be hurtful, mm-hmm. I'd rather you at least acknowledge my pain in an awkward way than just pretend like my pain isn't there. Yeah. And so much of what Nina said, I felt like in some ways is like so common sense, but it's, I know it's not common, Mm -hmm, (laughs) but mm -hmm. just to say, hey, I don't know the right thing to say and I may say the wrong thing, but I'm here for you. And like, why don't we just, why is that so hard to just say (laughs) that to someone? Like, I don't know what to say and I may say the wrong thing, but I'm here for you. Yeah. We all want to fix it. We all want to solve it. We've watched the 30 minute sitcoms or even the hour long dramas, but all the problems get wrapped up, you know, and solved. And so I know we usually, um, um, a lot of times you joke about men being fixers, you know, mm-hmm. like if you try to go mm-hmm. home and you're complaining to your husband about something that happened at work or out and about, and they just want to solve the problem. And you're like, I just want you to listen to me, you know, but the truth is we're all like that. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, ha- I felt um, after listening with Nina um, Wednesday night, I thought there's a couple of friends I need to go to and say, I'm sorry for all the times I had solutions to your problems <laughs> instead of just listening. I know. Cause one of the things Nina talked about that I personally have already been trying to work on is just validating other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, instead of saying, well, think about it this way, yeah. instead of giving, just saying that really sounds like that would be awful. Right. I'm yeah. sorry you're experiencing that. 
Yeah. And it's that uh, on the inside that makes me cringe because I feel like I might have an advice. They didn't ask me for advice. Right. If they had asked me for advice, but on the inside, I'm like, I might have a solution, but that's not what they're asking me for a lot of times. Right. They just want to know someone else is walking yeah. with them. Yeah. And maybe it'll get around to looking. You, We can help them brainstorm when they're ready for yes. that. Um, but I thought that that was really, really important. I love Nina's idea. You were talking about following up. Um, like doing something together because sometimes it's easier to talk if you're out on a walk mm. or she mentioned golfing or going to paint pottery or even with a cup of coffee in your hands is different than just straight up face to face in the hallway it's at true. church or you know maybe even on the telephone where you're not necessarily looking yeah. eye to eye so bj that's my marriage is a perfect example of that bj and i tend to have better conversations when we're in the car mm-hmm. because we're not having to look I would be okay with that, but for him, it feels less invasive if he can be focused on a task like driving, and I'm just sitting in the passenger seat having a conversation. Mm -hmm. It's not as, it doesn't feel as intimidating, I think, to open up and be vulnerable for some people to have a task. Yeah, yeah, that's really important, and I think that um, that's why we talk about the importance of um, smaller groups of people around here as far Mm -hmm. as Sunday school classes and um, small groups and D groups and um, different people that you know because um, one person can't meet everybody's needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the resources that I mentioned earlier talks about helping people expand their um, their kind of their resource base of people um, because you can't you can't meet all the needs of all the people in your life, you know. And so when someone's going through a hard time. Um, obviously you have to have those people that you trust, those confidants that you trust. Um, but a lot of times that's going to be two or three or four people speaking into your life, not just one person trying to meet all of those needs as you walk through that hard time. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that that's really important as well, that we look for ways to connect to people. And that's why we say, make those connections before you're in a crisis, you know, be in a, be in a group, find people to tie into, get to know people, go out to meals together, go bowling together, go whatever fun is for you. Do those things before the hard times come. Sure. Um, so that you have those relationships built. It's kind of like reading the word. Like you don't wait to start reading the Bible and praying when you're right. going through a hard time. You, you've prepared your heart and mind through a regular um, connecting with God so that when those hard times come, you're, you're pulling from. You have that well to draw knowledge. from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so important with God's word and with people, I think. Can I add one more thing to Nina's thing about, I just thought about this as a small group leader, Mm because I'm, I'm a small group leader, um, that there are times where I might notice something about someone having a hard time and it's not a secret, you know, our Mm -hmm. group would know about it necessarily. Um, cause I would never want to break confidence if it was something they had only shared with me, Right, but I might not I might encourage other group members to reach out to that person as well mm-hmm. like I would say something to them but then I might say to one hey so and so's having a hard time this week could you touch base with her because it might be nice to hear from someone yeah. else and I know that seems kind of bossy but sometimes I think other people may just not have picked up on it as well and yeah. so it's that you know coming from it from multiple angles so people know that they really are Mm-hmm. cared for and yeah. loved as yeah. a whole group not just by their group leader right right and I think that's part of the leader is helping other people see you have a a role and a right and a responsibility mm-hmm. too to help encourage each other and I think all of these things apply in all of our different little 
avenues of life, you know, sure. so I'm, I'm thinking even as we're talking about small group leaders, even if you're the boss of a business, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to, if you're going to be, if you're a good boss, a good leader in a business setting to notice your employees and sure. to know what's going on and that their work performance looks a little different, what's happening. There's a reason for that, you know, right. um, and then even in our parenting, mm-hmm. you know, to notice with our kids, to notice um, what's happening and ask those questions and, and I, we've talked about this before, too, having other adults who speak into our kids' lives sure. at all ages and stages of life. I think all of those things are, are really, really important. I was reading something the other day that was talking about um, poverty, and it was saying that so often we just think about poverty in relationship to money. Um, but I've seen this to be so true volunteering at the Family Center now for a little over a year. Um, poverty of relationships is a much bigger crisis, I feel like, than poverty of money. Um, especially here in our community. I can't say in the world or in Mm -hmm. the whole United States, but um, when you see people that are going through a really hard time, people that come through there that are in a crisis, very often they don't have any other relationships to draw on. They've either burned bridges with bad choices that they've made or... Or if they, they do, it might be toxic. Yeah. It might be they may not have right. healthy relationships right. to draw from. Yes. So understanding boundaries, like being personally healthy, is so important. Um, but one very striking example to me was um, at Thanksgiving time. We were doing the signups for the Thanksgiving meal over at the family center, and you have a certain um, time that you're supposed to come to pick up your your meal on that on a certain day. And so when people sign up, you know, you say, "Well, your pickup is at Murray Hills on such and such a day at such and such a time." Well, one lady who was probably in her 60s, um, she said, oh, I'll, I think I'm working that day. I can't get there, you know. And I said, um, well, is there, you know, we can we can allow someone to pick it up for you. Mm-hmm. They would just need your ticket and make sure, you know, they have permission or whatever. And she said, well, no, I don't have anybody like that. I don't have 11 brothers and sisters like some other people do, you know. And I thought, I know. I don't have 11 brothers and sisters either, but I was thinking about Burr and Christy and Don't right. like who are all the people yes. I would call, you know, um, and then there was actually another lady in the room who said me either. I don't have, I don't have all those connections around here. And to me, that was just an immediate reminder of the poverty of relationship. Yeah. If we haven't, and that goes back to taking time to invest in relationship and all those things we were saying, but yeah. um, I had shared with my small group on Sunday and I think um, I've shared with you because this happened several years ago, but um, uh, someone that I worked with had asked me to be a character witness mm-hmm. in, a, in a court situation at one time and because she, the person could not have family right. as a character witness and I asked who else was coming and it was like, well, I can have up to 10, but I can, I can only come up with you and one other person. Wow. And I, re- it was such a reminder to me how important community is. Cause I thought, I mean, I could, I could get 10 really quickly you know what I'm saying and it's it's not just because you know it's not anything to do with me I mean it's that I've invested and you know I've been around people but Mm -hmm. I just think you know we don't always see people who don't have that community like we do sometimes we fail to notice it yeah and so when crisis comes again when divorce comes or the loss of a child or a spouse or um, our sickness, you know, those things come. Who do you, who, who brings the meals? Who's praying for you? Who's texting right. you? Who's sending you cards? Um, so important to have a, for us, we, we know it's a church family. We've said it again right. and again. How do people live without a church family? Yeah. And I know there are other ways for people to connect. Um, but obviously, yeah, we believe a church family. And not just be during a crisis. Family. Like no. I loved in Jason's sermon to celebrate and be celebrated. Sometimes it's during the happy times. Mm-hmm. Like it's right. the joys are sweeter when you can share it right. with other people. Um, yeah. it, absolutely super important when you're going through hard times. But right. I, it is. It is sweeter. Who do you when, invite to your birthday party? Exactly. <laughs> who do you celebrate things yes. with? Yes. So. 
I love it's it. really important. Yeah. So um, kind of getting back to going um, and thinking about how we help a friend, because if we're going to be in a relationship, there's going to be um, messy times and hard times. Um, but just the importance, and like you said, so much of this um, is common knowledge or could be or should be for some people, but others don't naturally pick these things no, up I as easily. Um, but I think about just um, just the ministry of presence and just mm-hmm. being around I remember the weekend, and I may have said this on here before, the weekend that my um, dad was in the hospital when he passed away, um, he died on a Sunday, and we were still at the hospital that morning before he had died. And when church got out, there were two ladies that stopped by the church, and I'm just going to name them just because I can because I'm sitting right here. Nancy Gammon and then Wanda Holloway that we Mm -hmm. know and love that just recently passed away. Um, Those two ladies, like, they swung by the Murray Regional um, Critical Care Unit um, several people came to visit. You were there. I, I mean, that was important. You're my I'm good close friend. You came and sat with me and visited with me. But what stuck out to me with them, because we aren't hangout friends, you know, we yes. haven't spent the time together like mm-hmm. you and I have. They literally walked in. Nancy said, I came here to give you a hug. She walked in the critical care unit. She gave me a hug. She said, I love you and I'm praying for your family. And she walked out. And that mm-hmm. was all she said and all she did. So good. But that's all this time later. And, you know, Wanda, kind of the same kind of, of drop by. So, um, that ministry of presence. And it does matter how well you know somebody because yeah. you spend a lot more time with me yeah. at the hospital and then later at my mom's house. And I think and, I had your kids at some yeah, point. Yeah, and she so did. Just, Lots of things. Yeah. It's, it's different. But than different you, people can minister right. in different ways. Right. And, but we need all of them. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. So just being there, listening. Um, I've come to realize the importance of just a, a quick touch, an appropriate touch on someone's mm-hmm. shoulder or their elbow or a pat on the mm-hmm. back. Um, Especially for people who live alone that Mm -hmm. might be I mean we don't we take for granted I think sometimes sometimes I'm like I wish my children would stop touching me Mm -hmm. you know because they're touching me all the time Um, but I think sometimes we take for granted that um, people who live alone don't receive appropriate touch very often and so how loving and kind that is I I think I've heard it said around here by some of our seniors who live Mm -hmm. alone um, the only physical touch I get is at church I know you know and I'm like let me just hug all the people at church (laughs) Um, and so um, that's always um, an important and good thing Um, you talked about um, just acknowledging people and just saying hey I know you're going through a hard time and one of my favorites is rather than saying how are you today because that's our natural Mm -hmm. go-to and even if someone isn't going through an immediate um, crisis or loss or problem right now sometimes to say how are you today could be a trigger question we don't even know it depending on what their week has been like or their morning Um, so a a good easy go-to and it's just it's good to see you Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are so, so good. And then if you get a chance to, to talk a little bit more, um, if it seems like someone wants to open up, um, maybe just to say something like, can you fill me in on what's been going on mm-hmm. or what's been happening? Or can you bring me up to date on, you know, if you reference that you've heard they got a diagnosis or something was troubled at work or whatever, can you bring me up to date? Um, just little, those little phrases and just taking the time to, Learn those little phrases help make such a big, big difference. Um, and then there's there's a lot of power in, um, I'm sorry you're having to go through this. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate to hear that. My heart is hurting with yours. Mm-hmm. Um, those kinds of things make a really big difference. Um, sometimes I think we want to be, I, I'm an eternal optimist, so I, I just I do see the bright side of things. I see the happy side of things, the good side of things. Um, but sometimes what is true isn't always helpful. Yes. Like, um, you know, well, well, we're so thankful that he's no longer suffering, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but honestly, we all we all know that we've loved someone enough that when they've died, that we even though we don't want them to be suffering, in some ways we wish they were still suffering and they were here with us. Mm-hmm. Not that we want them to be suffering, yes. but but to anything that negates the the pain of the person kind of there or left behind, you know, we want to be we want to be aware of things like that. That's really important, right? Yes, for sure. And and because now we're suffering mm-hmm. when they when they leave, it may be true that their suffering's over, but now our suffering begins. Yeah. Um. And so you know that you're validating that when you say, "I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I know that hurts." Yes. You know. Yeah. Or even you know somebody I read about um, you know somebody um, having to go through a particular treatment that may be painful or having to make a hard decision, you know, and just to acknowledge, you know, it'd be easy to say, well, you know, it's going to help you feel better in the long run, so just get it over with, just do the hard thing. But just like you said, to validate and just to say, I wouldn't want to have to do that either, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm here for you, right. uh, and I'm thinking about you and things and I know that the right words don't always come at the right time yes but if we can kind of be practiced and and prepare for those things I think that helps a lot I always just try to remember to let them express whatever it is they're feeling because the truth of the matter is sometimes people are relieved when someone passes away they Mm -hmm. may actually feel that way they may feel like I'm so glad they're not struggling I you know this is a huge burden off of me as a caregiver and so I just rather than point them one direction or another i just how do you feel about that right yes. because they they're not going to f- necessarily feel the same way mm-hmm. i feel because they're a different person in a different situation and yep. so i just try to give them opportunity to tell me how they're feeling yes. and then i validate whatever that is right that's perfect um to take their lead mm-hmm. you know and like you said to see and and i think it's even a great thing to say like if if the person were to say I'm glad they're no longer suffering, you know, then you could definitely validate mm-hmm. that. And then it's okay to add, um, but I bet it still hurts. Yes. You know, or mm-hmm. I know you still miss her or we still miss her. Um, those things are just really um, kind and thoughtful, mm-hmm. you know, toward the grieving person. Um, I th- and I think it's uh, just important to be aware of, uh, I think it's called the circle of grief. And mm-hmm. I think we've talked about that before too, where if there's been a loss of whatever kind, the people closest to it, the people on the outside don't get to tell the people on the inside closer mm-hmm. to that mm-hmm. loss or grief you how to, to dump feel. outward. Yeah. That's right. Dump <laughs> outward. Um, you know, this is not about, this is not about um, my grief or my loss or reliving my pain. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if someone else is going through something, um, that's really important. But not even with the grieving person, Tanya, letting them express it. I've noticed, I've, I've heard you talk about this. Like if a child has a, has a diagnosis, you know, asking the parent, well, how do you feel about that? Because sometimes mm-hmm. they're devastated, but sometimes they're relieved because they actually finally get right. reasoning behind why, why there's certain behavior. Yes. Um, in the same way with any diagnosis, even for yourself Mm -hmm. you know some people are relieved some are nervous some are glad there's something wrong because now they can get treatment I mean so it's just everyone it's just allowing people to express their emotions about how they're feeling Mm -hmm. about it at that time right and And it may change tomorrow yes absolutely (laughs) and you get to you get to have that feelings aren't wrong it's okay to feel all Mm -hmm. the feelings um it's it's even okay to be angry with God you know Mm -hmm. and to walk with a friend who's um doubting and questioning and struggling and wondering but if in doing that a god is big enough to handle that but if they're truly seeking and they can see you as a tangible sign of god's love even as they struggle and doubt Mm. and worry and wonder that in the long run is going to bring them back around and help them to know that god was really with them he was really for them he was on their side he was leading them i think it's so important that we be prepared to pray for people Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I think knowing how to pray comes from, um, 
scripture. It comes from praying, but it comes, I think, when we know the scripture. When we don't know the words to say, we can right. pray scripture over them. And so for someone going through all different seasons of life, different situations in life, um, you could pray a prayer of blessing for them. You could pray a prayer of affirmation for them, of restoration, or of enc- of encouragement. There's so many yes. ways that we can pray for people. And to ask them, how can I pray for you? Mm. Again, it goes back to not assuming that we know how to pray, but right. asking the questions like you're... Um, like you've reminded us about so well here today. Um, so questions like, how do you feel? And how can I help? Um, how are you feeling with all of this happening at once? Um, what are you thinking about doing? Um, you know, um, just trying to um, give them opportunity to share and to speak at the right times. Now, one one page here in the Don't Sing Songs to a Heavy Heart book, um, that is not funny, but it it could be funny since we're not in the middle of a crisis right this second is um, curb your curiosity. Okay. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like that. I like what, well, what does that mean? What does that procedure involve? And exactly, you know, I, yes, I get that. These are a little, these are a little worse than that. Like, okay. Okay. Wrong with that. Um, but, and this is good. It leads off by saying, well, knowing the answer to this question, help me be a better caregiver. Yeah, right. Or am I just being nosy? That's good. Um, That's good because I am nosy and I know that about myself. So I have (laughs) self-awareness going into situations. That's a good question to ask yourself. I love it. So the examples here were um, if, um, if a daughter and a boyfriend died in a car crash, you wouldn't need to say, were they living together? Right. How does that help help you be a better caregiver? Anybody Mm -hmm. at all. Um, or if someone's spouse has died, are you going to sell that big old house? You're not going to live there all by yourself, are you? You right. don't need that. You mm-hmm. know, and I know probably lots of friends have heard that. And if they want to talk about it and bring it up. Um, <laughs> or if someone died, well, were they wearing a seatbelt? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or this, the other one this says is if um, someone was diagnosed with lung cancer, you don't lead off with, well, was he a smoker? Right. I know. You know, um, or even I think, I think it, it can be really insensitive um, to ask, how did someone die? Yes. Um, if we don't kind of already know the situation if that's not being offered like that's not a great leading question like right. and we don't mean it but often you hear someone died and you think well what happened mm-hmm. um and you don't realize that sometimes that's a hard leading question especially to the person who's grieving yeah you know yeah if it hasn't been public knowledge if right. it has, i mean who there's lots of different situations that could happen um so should so, we stick with what some things not to say Oh, well, we need some help. We need some help on what to say. Well, because one of the things that I feel like BJ and I experienced, not so much now that we're old, but <laughs> we were a little younger. <laughs> are y'all going? Are y'all done? Are you going to try for a boy? Oh, yeah. And I felt mm-hmm. like, what, why, <laughs> first off, why is this any of your business? And I'm offended. Are girls not as good as mm-hmm, boys? I'm mm-hmm. confused. Yes. Um, any of those that you ever oh yeah well you know when Levi was born which Levi was a surprise to most people except not me I'm laying I had was planning for Levi he was not a surprise baby um, but I remember heard someone who said to me well don't you know how that happens <laughs> you thought no could you enlighten yeah. me <laughs> yes I do know how that happens and you have the same number of children as I have so <laughs> I know. why is I know. this the right thing to say you know? um, and I think there's certain levels of friendship if you're super close where you can have kind of that camaraderie and right. picking at each other but these are like legit people will say um are you guys ever going to have children right and we have to be careful about saying that because that might be you might be pushing on a button that they're already grieving about absolutely um and yeah. so just i think it's just 
Right. But think about what you say before yeah. you say yeah. it. When in doubt, <laughs> yes. don't. <laughs> yes. Um, BJ don't. made the mistake one time many, many, many moons ago of asking a woman if she was expecting, which uh-huh. is a regular snafu, and he learned his lesson. Uh-huh. And so no more will no, he ever he ask. You could be nine months <laughs> pregnant, and he will not ask you if you are. If you don't bring it up, he's not going to talk about it. He's a smart guy. He really is. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, there's so many things that um, that we could dig into here Um you know, just really, really quickly, um, a few more things. Just anything that, that um, implies that I know exactly how you feel mm-hmm. going through this hard time. Like, that's not mm-hmm. helpful because mm-hmm. I don't know exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't. I haven't lived in all the situations you've lived it's in. It's kind of dismissive, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, I yeah. know how you feel. Right. Move on. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think that with, with some care, you know, we could say um, to someone um, that you relate to that situation. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. lost my dad, too. Or, uh, man, I've been through a job. A job change too, or I had to move towns too, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but just kind of let it, kind of just just um, identify, and then let the person let it get back to the person. Right. You know that's really really important. Anything that implies that whatever the hard thing is right now is for the best, mm-hmm. or um, um, they're better off without that terrible spouse anyway. Sure. You know, um, even if even if it was a hard marriage, that's not for us to say that. Right. They're, you know, we don't. Assuming any kinds of those things, um, thinking that we can rush someone through the process of grief or loss or change yes. or hurt, um, or none of those none of those are good things. And even the um, even the at least you know well at least you got to have him for so long, or at mm. least um, you have another job to go to, at or least at least your kids are already grown and out of the house. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. it's like that yeah. doesn't make any no. of that better. <laughs> That's right. Loss is loss. Um, and then, you know, giving unsolicited advice, we want to not do that, telling people what they should do or what mm-hmm. they shouldn't do. Um, and then do you want to touch on this one that I think you said you talked with your small group oh, yeah. recently about? Yeah. I so really um, I've recently ran across someone that I felt like said something that I felt like they should know that's not necessarily true or scriptural or good theology. And so um, while I chuckled about it, I also realized that as disciples – if we're if we're in a position where we're all disciples, we should be sharing truth rather than just you know laughing that they didn't mm-hmm. know that. And right. so I started the we're going to start in my small group. We started this last Sunday, just a little few minutes to talk about things that people commonly say that are not scripturally true. Yeah. Um, and one of those was exactly what you just pointed out in that book was God doesn't give you more than you can handle. And so we kind of fleshed that out and talked about why that isn't true and i'm interested to see what else my group because i told i told them if they come across something that is commonly said Mm -hmm. you know that for us to talk about and kind of debunk um because there's lots of things out there that we say that are not helpful and they're not true (laughs) right (laughs) they're both of those things yeah that's right (laughs) um i do want to mention though if you've ever been on the receiving end and i would imagine if you've been walking on this earth for a little while Mm -hmm. you've been one of those who've received that not helpful statement of you know well it's not that bad or you know why don't you just move on or it's anything where it's been you've been on the receiving end of someone saying something hurtful lead with grace because nine times out of ten those people are not meaning to be hurtful they really are trying to reach out they just don't know what to say and they needed to have listened to a podcast like this (laughs) (laughs) but i also don't want to be like 
well, you have every right to be mad at that person because right. I just, I honestly think they really are trying to be helpful. Mm-hmm. Definitely. We all need grace in every direction mm-hmm. and we all need mercy mm-hmm. in every direction. All of those things are so true. Um, I love just to kind of wrap it up, just, just again, um, acknowledging if somebody's going through a hard time, just to say, I'm so sorry, or that's terrible, or I was hoping that would be different for you mm-hmm. um, is important. The body language, um, having those conversations with people that that you do have the right kind of relationship with taking the time to how right. are you really really doing um, is important um, and then looking for tangible ways to help and to reach out to people and to offer a meal or babysitting the kids or um, a, again a card or a text nobody's going to get tired of oh I got no. too much too much encouraging mail in my mailbox you know um, that's never going to happen and then um, especially when there's been a loss of reminiscing like um Telling a, a, a good story, a sweet story, a sweet memory of somebody that's lost, you're not reminding somebody that their loved one died. They know. They know that full well. Mm-hmm. But to but to be able to um, share a good memory together or a humorous story is always a really a really good thing. Um, and then also to like to think about the extended caregivers too. Sometimes, um, you know, we know. Um, I know we've had several of our people who have um, passed in the past year or two, and we think about their widows or widowers, but there's all, they also have extended family here too. And so being aware of those children or mm-hmm. those siblings and their friends, who are their close friends, you know, who may be missing them as well. Um, but I know that our goal is that we will all um, um, strive to be encouraging and strive to be helpful. But we just thought that reminded coming off of our conversation with Nina and these other resources and heading into a new year, like if we're going to be in relationships, um, there's going to be opportunities to talk about important things. And we want to just do that the best that we can. Yes. And so that's why we wanted to share this today. So we hope it's been helpful, everybody. Yep. I hope that you learned something, maybe laughed a little bit, Mm -hmm. but I really hope that you learned how to be a better friend. I hope you know that God's grace is sufficient for you.